0: Oh, hey. Sorry I didn't see you there. This is an audio medium.
1: If you grew up with Disney Channel shows, DCOMs, and music, The Time Machine is ready for you to take a trip back to those golden days.
0: Quick! Before the time reaches 8, 7 central! What is up, Time Travelers? Welcome back to The Time Machine Podcast with me, Becca Stogner.
1: And me, Hunter Martin. Oh, it's a special one. It's a Today's special, a special one. one.
0: We are celebrating our three-year uh, podcast anniversary. Three years ago today, episode one of the Time Machine hit the feeds. Here we are, a hundred and thirty-something episodes later. Three years.
1: Who would have? I feel like we say this every, every time, time we but it's do. Who knew we would still be doing this? Not me. I know you. Well, (laughs) you always say if I didn't uh, join, you'd be like... Because your original plan was for you to do someone different every episode.
0: Yeah, but then I was like, I don't know that
1: many people. (laughs) And that's a lot of scheduling.
0: It is a lot of scheduling. Like, it became... Pretty apparent after I did the first episode with you and then the second episode with Scott, I was like, this is more work than I yeah, am willing to do. And I was also bad at social media. If you scroll all the way back to the beginning of the feed, you'll see the first couple of posts when it was just me. Um, and there's a stark, stark contrast. So the time machine that you know and hopefully love uh, would not be here today uh, without oh, Hunter coming on as co-host. Oh,
1: stop it! It's not my birthday episode. It's not my anniversary, singular well, it's, anniversary. It's ours. both of ours. Who yeah,
0: would have thought that we would be speaking to the person who was pivotal to making the Lizzie McGuire movie on the year of its twentieth yeah. anniversary, and that's or and that's the within,
1: co-creator of two of the biggest Disney Channel shows of all yeah. time. Just a crazy little project, and we do it. We, I mean, you have to do it for yourself otherwise like you're not going to enjoy it at the end of the day yeah and i think the two of us enjoy doing this and one it's a great way for us to communicate (laughs) since we both like live in you know what i mean yeah um but it's just the icing on top of the wonderful cake that we found other people who found the podcast and keep finding the podcast and sending us messages saying yes we are your commute to work or your walk to class or catching up on our backlog because you just (laughs) discovered us. So that's always very cool. And if you've been here for all three years, thank you for sticking with us through when we didn't have microphones. (laughs) And if you're just joining us, welcome to the party. And Welcome,
0: welcome.
1: Here's to three more.
0: Yeah, we've been getting Um, a lot of love through the DMs, especially recently. So thank you guys so much for reaching out. It always means the world to us. If you're thinking of reaching out, um, consider copying and pasting whatever you want to say to us onto yeah. an Apple review. We would love to uh, have more reviews on Apple Podcasts or ratings on Spotify if you haven't done any of those yet. It's it, it's like a little birthday treat for for the both yeah. of us.
1: And that gets more people um, on our, like, discovering us. And we want to shout out everyone who's showing us so much love. And so, yeah. So... That'd be wonderful, but we still enjoy the DMs as well. Those are great and commenting on our posts and y'all liking our posts.
0: Speaking of numbers, showing the love, every year of the pod, uh, Hunter did it year one and I thought it was something fun that we should keep doing. So last year I did it.
1: And when I did it year one, I literally went back to every single one of our episodes and listened to the four one. Thankfully, by that point, we only had like 40 episodes. Yeah. Still a lot, but I'm <laughs> Which glad was you two, Yeah, no, so
0: this I, I do as we go, so it's a lot less effort than that first time was, but I thought it was something fun that we should keep doing. Just some time machine by the numbers. In our last year as a podcast, starting from November of last year when we recorded our two-year celebration episode to now, these are some of the things that we have done. We had 140 Disney 411 stories this year.
1: Ooh. Jeez.
0: Um, and the amount of people that are mentioned most, so there's usually like a first, second, and third place of Disney Channel stars that get mentioned the most. The difference this year is by one story of the leader and the second place.
1: I'm going to say, can I guess?
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was I hoping. Think
1: Selena Gomez edged out Miley Cyrus by one story.
0: Other way around. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Miley won sword. ahead of Selena. And they're really you know way, way, way ahead of everybody else in the game. Um, but a little bit far behind them in third place. Another member of the big three,
1: Demi Lovato. Demi- Jonas Brothers, four? Jonas Brothers had seven altogether. Who are some honorable, like, only got one mention? There's a lot and of people. <laughs> just, just, just give me some that are like the most surprising that they, <laughs> they weasel well, their way into our. We maybe.
0: always have our uh, one Tish Cyrus mentioned like every year, of course. Of course. <laughs> so of course, Tish, we have Sky Jackson this year selling her MacBook. Selling we her had MacBooks. Robert Carradine. We had Adrian Bylan, Julia Lester, Zendaya only coming in with one this year, as mm-hmm. well, which is a little bit surprising. Um, And Billy Ray somehow walking away with two.
1: I was like, there's... (laughs) Yes, because there was more than one time we mentioned Billy Ray and Fire Rose. That's so crazy.
0: There's a lot of people in the middle of the pack with more than a few, like Ashley Tisdale, Lindsay Lohan, Jennifer Stone and David DeLuise, (laughs) Christy Carlson Romano, um, Austin Butler racking up a few with the Oscars, Vanessa Raven, 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 definitely in there, yeah.
1: I think Hillary's a little bit above the middle ground, Pat. She's got a few. She's got a few.
0: Um, we had six Ravens Home rehashes this year, so we still had a little bit of the, a little bit before we straggled off there.
1: Yeah. Five
0: guests. Thank you so much to everyone that was on. We covered two <sighs> Disney Channel original movies, and I know these numbers are going to be a little bit lower than they usually are because of our strike-friendly content. Um, but yeah. two Disney Channel original movies, one theatrical film, ten shows, four of which we had never covered before. Do you want to wow, guess which what? show we covered the most, the and most? it wasn't close?
1: How many episodes did we cover? Four of the show I'm going to say, Oh gosh, because like the half end of the year we didn't cover, I'm like, I have no idea. it's blocked but out my gut. my gut is telling me. Hannah Montana. It's Raven. Raven? it's That's so Raven. Raven. Wow. That was the most with four? That was the most, yeah. And we covered 10 singular shows? Yeah. We did a lot of first-timers this year.
0: We did. We had Austin and Allie as a first-timer this year. We had Jesse. We had Jonas Brothers Live in the Dream, which I counted. <laughs> and we had Bug you Juice. Know.
1: Bug Juice. Okay. Yeah.
0: We also the- covered seven albums, which is a little bit more than normal. Uh, <laughs> we did two artist deep dives. We covered one book and four feuds. Ooh, spicy!
1: Now, and the theatrical release was Hannah Montana. Best Miami of Shire's both worlds. Concert. Okay, yeah, awesome. Well, if you heard any of those shows and movies we covered, or things, books. And you're like, hey, I don't remember that episode. Go, go back and listen. They're all there for you. Year three, go for it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I th- any more the fun facts of our Disney on one and no.
0: With that, we are starting year three officially. So everything yeah. is fair game.
1: All right, all right. This is the year that I want someone to beat Miley or Selena. We'll see. Uh, we're we're seeing, we're seeing. At this rate, Miley Matt and I have any stories come in the next coming year. True. Uh and just be- uh and I know this is a little bit down the line, but we always do our year our year in calendar review. Uh are you So that will be and we'll dive deep into things we liked to cover, things we didn't cover. We'll get more in detail on that. But that was just kind of our year as a podcast and then we'll talk about everything we did in the calendar year in the coming month or two but okay our first story with a clean slate disney 411 let's get into it disney all right we had a bit of reunion of the good luck charlie cast which is very fun uh the good look char charlie titular rugrat revealed herself to be all grown up because that it's how aging works, after all, in a delightful surprise <laughs> reunion with her TV dad. Bradley Stephen Perry, who played Teddy's younger brother Gabe, apparently has a YouTube cooking series, and it, in the latest installment of Cooking with Bradley, his guest was Good Look Charlie dad, Eric Allen Kramer, who, as a random aside, you may recall impressively shed a bunch of weight, got buffed during the Disney series run. I'm reading this from an article, and they're really just letting this person who wrote it go loose. here. <laughs> but we
0: all thought it. Yeah, I, did, I didn't recognize uh, him when I saw the clip. I was like, who he is that a biker, biker a man? He a biker
1: gang. <laughs> in the cooking with Bradley clip above, uh, Bradley, Stephen Perry, surprised Kramer with a surprise uh, guest, which was Mia, Tara. Oh, God, I'm going to butcher her last name, but Charlie. Uh, <laughs> and she's now in the ninth grade. Crazy. This is per- Disney Plus's perfect opportunity to do a... This is a reboot that makes sense. I know, but that, like, they can't have
0: the mom in it. She can't come back.
1: Well, what if she went to like a boarding school? She,
0: she could just pull a Tanya and send her away. It's easy to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's very easy. Maybe it's a way that Disney Plus can do a Good Luck Charlie reboot. You can literally still call it Good Luck Charlie. I
0: know. And then Bridget Mendler like, can finally reveal to us the news that she supposedly had coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But that's like it's written like you can literally use old clips from the show. Yeah. To be like, oh, let me let me watch the video diary for today. Come on. It could essentially just
0: be like a clip reaction hour. Where they all sit around and watch Teddy's old videos and they're like, look at when that was happening. It
1: could just be a reaction channel. (laughs) I I think if Disney wants to do an IP where they're if they don't want like it's the perfect solution where you don't have to do what Raven is doing where you're like, you want Raven to be the main star, but you have to have the kids. They don't want to do Liz McGuire being a 30 year old. They can easily do this. All the fans are like, yes, this yeah, makes perfect sense. Exactly. It doesn't have to be for us, but it just like is fun to know that it's carrying on. The clip was um, cute. I liked it. It was nice. And I'm glad that like, it's giving the cast of Full House still friends with Mary Kane Ashley as they grew up, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Disney Plus, if you're listening, we know you are. <laughs> well, first Disney give your actors a deal and then we can talk, right. right?
0: We're waiting. First things first.
1: We're waiting. Uh next story, our 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 next story is just a little podcast news. The Wizards Pod is coming back. They posted that they got an agreement with SAG and they're coming back. I don't know what that means. Um, I know a lot of iHeart Radio recap podcasts have been going strong. They're probably under some kind of uh, like contract, tentative agreement, or, yeah,
0: something, something else. Do you but... think that's
1: just? Do you think that's just like a good because a good omen that things are slowly but surely making its way to the finish line? I
0: surely hope so.
1: Because now the Hunger Games prequel just got a tentative agreement to start I know. promoting. And they are
0: about to have to hit the ground running with promo because that movie comes out in like three
1: weeks. It's a lot. It's going to be a lot of Zoom interviews. They're going to burst sure. into
0: Rachel Zegler's room and be like, wake
1: up, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's ready. I'm sure. Yeah, she is ready. Um, I also our next story I'm going to bring to the table because I didn't do it last week was Vanessa Hudgens just had her spooky bachelorette weekend. Oh, yeah. And guess who wasn't? Not, a, not us gossiping, but guess who was not a part of the bachelorette party? Zac Efron. No, Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> I know. She's not a bridesmaid, I don't think. Do you think she'll be in attendance?
0: I'd hope so. I guess we'll see.
1: I don't know. I feel like Ashley Tisdale has drawn the line in the sand because she, like, posts, like, remember, Austin Butler is my best friend.
0: Yeah, but who's to I say? I f- Butler- I feel like they I don't know.
1: I would hope they would go. She would. They were like you know. Um, I just love speaking of Austin Butler. I just love that Jacob already said he had no reference of Elvis until Lilo <laughs> and Stitch.
0: That is so funny. Playing, and some people are saying is, that he did just like just as well.
1: Yeah, and then someone's <laughs> like, Austin Butler spent four years. <laughs> did not see his accident. family
0: locked into a room rotting and his Jacob brain just
1: just popped in a copy of Lilo and Stitch and said I'm good I know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that um yeah and so those are are oh also Cole Sprouse is in a movie about Frankenstein we'll just leave it at that
0: and Kiki Palmer like a, was Eve why? from Life Size for <gasps> and Halloween Kiki
1: Palmer was Eve from Life Size and, dis- and did was with snow white yeah and you like you sent me you're like scab <laughs> I <was> like, Stop. <laughs>
2: well kiki would be too
1: yeah i don't know I don't, I, it I doesn't
2: honestly, I
0: feel it like, kind of doesn't seem like anybody really adhered to cared. that
1: because you could just be like i'm not snow white i'm just a girl no i'm snow white from the book yeah, and, like, you you're can, fine. Um, like, I, I don't I'm know. I'm life size from, I'm a Barbie. That looks like Tyra Banks, you know? <laughs> like, show me your ID. Like, oh. Okay.
0: Well, in personal news, well, as we segue out of spooky season officially for Halloween, I was Chucky one day, and then my partner and I were uh, supermarket sweep contestants on the day of Halloween.
1: And I was Dexter from Dexter's Lab.
0: It looked great. I loved and it. And I
1: got and people and people recognized me. I think when they saw the purple gloves, it light lit. And the wig. So, you were wigging. And the wig. A lot of people, my friends were like, okay, Reba. <laughs> I said, this is not Reba's hair. A Next single year Reba. mom
0: who works too hard, who loves her lab Everything. and never stops.
1: Never stops. <laughs> uh, all right, well that's the official end of Disney 411.
0: Alright. We are we always love to start our New Year's as a podcast off fresh and strong. So we usually love to have a guest to do something fun for you guys. And we have a wonderful guest today. She is a longtime friend and supporter of the pod, Disney Channel scholar. She's, she has written articles for Vanity Fair, Today, Insider. She's interviewed many, many, many of the Disney Channel icons that we know and love and speak about every day. So please welcome, welcome to the time machine, Allison McLean Merrill.
2: Ah! Thank you all so much for having me, and happy three-year anniversary!
0: Thank you,
1: thank you, thank
0: Thank you so much for being
2: such a big supporter of the pod. It means the world to us.
0: Oh my
1: goodness!
2: I love it, and the month of feuds it (sighs) has been so much fun. Oh, good,
1: because like. I'm glad like we, we posted a thing just kind of recapping, and a lot of people were very, we loved that month, so I'm glad it went over very well. It um, was a fun
0: surprise. Yeah,
1: yeah. Especially the Cheetah Girls one, I will say, was probably our best, our mo- most receptive audience-wise. The uh, Cheetahs are always on the prowl. They're always on the prowl. I'm glad we're
2: able to dig into the drama there because in order to do a project about the film and the soundtrack, I had to specifically not get into the drama.
1: Oh yeah, see that's where we come in. We'll be like, all right, what's going on behind (laughs) the spots here? Really, Uh, we'll be the rats. We'll we'll, we'll be the rats so the cheetahs (laughs) can chase us all night. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. Well, before we get into kind of like what our main topic is to discuss, I just want to pick your brain allison and tell our listeners kind of what your disney journey is in disney channel journey because i know when we got to know all three of us got to know each other a while back that it was like really cool to hear your story so i'd love like if you could uh share everyone kind of like what your journey's been so far
2: absolutely i would love to i am a 90s baby was born in 94 so I was around at the perfect time to get into Playhouse Disney and then what I would call like big kid Disney watching <laughs> after school Lizzie McGuire was my gateway drug I watched that show so much in the early 2000s and just fell in love with the series the decoms. they always just felt so both exciting and relaxing to watch so I grew up with all those memories I have a sibling is about four and a half years younger so I watched a little bit later like into the early 2010s and several years back I started researching the channel a lot more watching old commercials and archives of whatever I could find interviewing people who were a part of creating the channel a part of all of the different transitions it's had in its 40-year journey now And um, lately, I've been writing more about different aspects of Disney Channel history, from the decoms to the series to the music, anything that I can, I I love to explore it and why it means so much to all of us.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Has there been something in all your research and talking to people that you've been the most surprised finding out or just like a different viewpoint and like seeing something?
2: I think one of the things that wasn't necessarily surprising it sort of tracks with some other research that I had done was working on the Cheetah Girls story and talking to people who were at Disney Channel or who were sort of connected to Hollywood records at the time and learning about just like the little baby steps Disney Channel made towards building these huge pop stars and who are now super successful that we still talk about all the time. So I think just learning a little bit more about how it was a gradual process from Cheetah Girls to High School Musical and um, some solo artist stuff. That was it's probably one of the most interesting.
1: Yeah, I think Beck and I have like, in our context clues, reviewing certain albums and kind of like reviewing, especially the one when we did Santa Claus Lane with Hillary Duff. We're like, she was just on every Disney Mania, gave her a Christmas album before she even got her first big thing. And then Becca pointed out, she's like, yeah, once High School Musical premiered, Ashley Tisdale and Vanessa Hudgens got a fast pass in creating their first album. (laughs) And Hilary Duff had to go through like all the major holidays and create like a song for each one. Where they trusted her (laughs) with one.
2: Exactly. That is so true. You guys have done such a great job reporting on some of these steps and especially hillary Duff. Every we all call her the blueprint for <laughs> some of the other successful Disney artists who came after her. And uh yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Everybody else kind of had a little bit more of a fast track to doing <laughs> their own thing. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's really good. You know, it's
1: we always say sometimes Disney just kind of like likes to throw things to the wall and see what sticks. And fortunately for them, Hilary Duff stuck. And they're like, oh, let's just do this. (laughs) Let's keep going. Well, this is actually a great segue. Uh, Speaking of artists who came after Hilary Duff and now the formula is a great machine, to celebrate it through a year, we asked Allison, what's an album that really spoke to you that you have fond memories of? And she delivered. And boy, howdy, we listened. And we'll deliver our (laughs) thoughts. We are going track by track to Selena Gomez and the Scenes A Year Without Rain. It was released September 21st, 2010, and this is Selena Gomez and the Scenes second album. We have tracks like Round and Round, A Year Without Rain, and before we get into the reviews and how it charted, let's just go around the table and what did we what do we know, what do we think, what do we remember about this album.
0: I was I think it's interesting that this album came out like almost a year to the day after the the scene's first album Kiss and Tell. There was like no time in between. Mm-mm. But also that we started our year on the pod covering Kiss and Tell That's and now the we're we're kind of almost wrapping up things with the follow-up. Um but other than that, I I mean it's going to be quick cuz I didn't really listen to this that much growing up. Uh today was my first time hearing it top to bottom. But I have had I've had round and round in the rotation for a few years. It's a
1: hit. <laughs> round and round was round and round for you.
0: Yeah, that music video, like from frame one of that music video today, I was like, I remember this oh, so really? well. Yes, because that was her videos were still premiering on on Disney Channel yeah. back then. Yeah, and I definitely remember that trench coat and that big long telescopic camera lens that she's stalking men
1: through. Oh. <laughs> round and round she goes. Where she stops, no one knows really. Uh Allison, I want to hear your full backstory of a year without rain and why you chose this one. I know you have like the CD and everything. So the is yours.
2: I'll grab it in a little bit because oh yes, so bad, but I left it on my bed. I'm in my childhood bedroom, by the way. Oh my this god,
1: this is perfect.
2: First fitting. <laughs> Visiting my parents, very fitting. There was once a Justin Bieber poster over there, Jump 5 on the back of the door. Long oh long my
1: time. gosh. All the big guns.
2: So uh, to take you back to 2010, I don't know why I had this album in full and not her debut album, Weird. I like songs from the debut album. But this one, I remember I had just started driving. I would listen to some of these songs in my car. I would make little like iTunes you know burn cds of different songs from my collection so i remember like summer's not hot was on one of my cds i made <laughs> and i have i I definitely have certain associations with some of these songs that we can talk about but mostly i just think of being 16 and 17 in high school and having like my first boyfriend who then dumped me at a starbucks which oh, was great dang. it just feels out of like all of the disney channel albums um and Hollywood Records albums growing up this one feels like the most real and it, i guess like in the scheme of things it wasn't that long ago you know 13 years so that's sort of my like personal connection to it it's just listening to it as a high schooler and watching Selena on Disney Channel
1: yeah i'm like becca where i've never listened to this album i know the two songs i think everyone knows from uh i i i knew kiss and tell in my brain, more than this. I remember like the visual stuff from Kiss and Tell way more than this. I remember Round and Round. I liked that. I remember a Year Without Rain. But other than that, it was just kind of a journey into what this was. And I kind of, this is very strange. So if you go to Selena Gomez, I think we talked about this before. If you go to Selena Gomez on Spotify, it's just her solo <laughs> stuff and you have to search Selena Gomez in the scene, do y'all think they should just like put them all together so it's in one? No, I don't, top? because
0: that completely discredits those poor boys.
1: Okay, name those poor boys. <laughs> I can't. Exactly. Well, I think one of them is Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the scene. Because uh, Becca, you think, yeah. and Allison, you can either agree or disagree. Do you think Selena Gomez has stronger songs with the scene or without the scene?
2: I would say like I know more of the ones that she had with the scene from being a teen at that mm-hmm. time. But I do really like some of her recent stuff and like the rare era. Yeah. So I don't know which would be stronger. I think they're very different. And I know I'm 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 not sure who is like the originator of this thought. It's not me. I know my friend Wit probably has talked about it before, the host of Shout Out Deaf Enough Pod. Um <laughs> Selena Gomez and Hilary Duff both kind of went into like a dance pop direction, sort of in the two- that late 2000s. And I don't know what you would call like Selena's more recent stuff, but it seems very different from this.
1: Yeah, I would say Selena. Well, it's funny because I would say like Selena Gomez for a while was like, you would find her songs in the club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which I think made her and I
1: think this was like,
0: for the club for the kids
1: uh for this yeah a lot of
0: these songs i was like who are these for because these kids can't go clubbing
1: yeah and some of the lyrics have these like, are some uns uns beats yeah a lot of them were uns, uns beats and it's funny <laughs> we say this because a lot of the reviews reflected that was this was kind of a because of the success of naturally from kiss and tell this is the direction they decided to go with her sophomore their sophomore album was more dance, techno, as opposed to Kiss and Tell was more guitar heavy, guitar driven. So if you love A Year Without Rain, the album, think naturally. Um, If you didn't, (laughs) have some words with naturally.
0: I don't think any of these songs give naturally to me, though. No, I mean... Which is, it's very interesting that they took that lesson and like, this is where they went with it, because that doesn't seem to match up to me. like like especially with the auto tune like the excessive like auto tune on her voice on a lot of these songs. I mean
1: you can't replicate magic and that's what it naturally was.
0: I know. Still her best song IMO. Well, I love that song so much.
1: The Selena Gomez in the scenes a year without rain debuted at number f- peaked at number four on the Billboard 200. So not too bad, not too bad. I believe it went gold in the United States. And here are what the reviews had to say. One review said, A Year Without Rain, Selena Gomez in the Scene's second album is full of dance floor-friendly synth-pop, probably more suited to a slightly older set than her teen-targeted TV show, and with less of a rock edge than fellow Disney stars Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato. They said, Year is less fun and more serious both lyrically and musically, where Kiss and Tell was lighthearted and fun. It feels like someone in her camp decided that it was time to position Selena Gomez as more grown-up, time to leave behind the sunny good time appeal and get a little more real so what do we think do we think the reviews the reviews are in do we agree
2: (laughs) yeah i wouldn't say like
1: i didn't see i don't agree with any of these um (laughs) reviews because i'm like this is not none of these songs (laughs) scream like Selena's grown up now, guys. yeah, she's no. grown up. None of these songs were screaming that to me, yeah, um, more most da- of them
0: definitely have a very like kitty feel like the the courses are very simple. And she did say, and I think that's because she said that her main like goal in this album was to have content and lyrics that related to her fans. Direct quote from her, she said, even down from putting the track listing and numbering it, I wanted to make sure. I envisioned fans putting it in their car or putting it on their iPod, which is such a dated quote. And
1: that's, But that's nice of her to think of us.
0: Yeah, like that's what she had in mind. And like hearing her say it from that perspective, I feel like it makes more sense because I could see me being like 12 and hearing some of these songs being like, oh,
1: baby. Oh, if Round and Round (laughs) was on, I'm sure our rumps were going round. When
0: Round and Round is on, my rump does shake. Who are you talking to?
1: um i think now is the time to segue into let's like deep dive let's all buckle up we're about to go through track by track with a great opener i always say for these you need to open your album strong and track number one is round and round what do we think it peaked at number 24 on the charts, so it was a hit
0: i think it was their most successful song like to that point Yes, I think. Because, I mean, Love You Like a Love Song was going to come through and smash all these records like mm-hmm. immediately after. But Kevin Rudolph produced this track, Hit Maker. He What's- made one hit. What's this one hit? Let It Rock with Little Wayne.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: That is a hit.
1: It's a hit. <laughs> that is a <laughs> song. It's a hit, but sometimes we find artists who worked on these albums and they have hit after hit. After hit. Like we found someone who worked on Vanessa Hudgens' album who, sang, who wrote um, uh, Love Me Like You Too by Ellie Goulding. <laughs> a hit. It's a hit. Allison, what do you think about Round and Round?
2: So maybe I'm misremembering this. I thought that this song was in her movie Monte Carlo, but I don't think it was. I need to rewatch that film. It's definitely that era, though. So I guess mm-hmm. I sort of associate it with coming out then.
1: So it looks like the filming of the video was in Budapest during the filming of her movie, Monte Carlo. Okay, that's that what makes I- sense. So she was doing double duty. She was on set, onto another set. Um, A lot of people... Didn't mind this song. A lot of reviews said it might actually be the song to get the non-Disney-centric demographic interested in Selena's tunes. Hmm. And then someone complimented Gomez for avoiding the predictable Hillary slash Miley teen rock <gasps> route. Not that I recommended she stay under the Disney umbrella to perfect her craft further, which I agree. <laughs> um. Jeez. But- <laughs> I, I, I my favorite thing about when we do these album reviews and we, and we like Rolling Stone says, Bill, Billboard Magazine says, and, and like, all,
0: Why, why are you here? Ariana, what are you
1: doing? Like, it's here? like, you know what? Let's like kind of <laughs> throw a little shade while we're at it. You're just like, oh, okay.
2: I um, do like this one. I mean, it's uh, especially the bridge. So, love me or love me. Boy. Oh,
1: yeah. I
2: think I
0: saw yeah, an article that said that part was. Kesha-inspired.
1: Kesha-inspired. is an, an
0: interesting take. Mm-hmm.
1: I will say, I'm going to say right now, this is my favorite from the entire album. It's a hit. It's a hit. And it just sucks because <laughs> y'all are not going to like my reviews, so I'm sorry. Hunter's
0: trying to be so nice right now.
1: <laughs> because I don't, if you love this album, I love that you love this album. If you hate this album, you hate what you hate. It's just, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There are just some songs where I was like, Selena, what are you doing? What are you doing? You gotta, you gotta, you're like, I have to have 10 out. Al-. We always say this. Sometimes the Disney albums, they have to fill a, a song count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Selena Gomez in the filibuster. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> anyway, but we're not talking about those right now. We're talking about Round and Round, which is no. a hit.
0: Round and Round. The hit, which got her, like, a real tour, too, because apparently, like, on the last album, she was mostly doing, like, state fairs, (laughs) and this, she got to go on the Jingle Ball. Ooh, that's a big deal. With Katy Perry and Bruno
1: Mars and Enrique Iglesias. Uh, Yeah, I will say this was, like, probably the album that they really started putting Selena Gomez in, like, Good Morning America and The Today Show and... What do we think of the music video? You already kind of talked about it, but I like it's the- fun. I like I like the spy concept. Yeah,
0: it's not like my favorite thing or like the most original music
1: video ever, but um, and that is the fun. scene behind her in that music video, right? We're assuming that's the scene.
2: Probably, right? Yeah.
1: I would just like a part of me was like I didn't pay close attention. Enough, it seems like, like the
0: scene always has their scene in the music video. Yeah, but they're usually just like there for one part. Mm-hmm. Like in the Year Without Rain music video, which we'll get to, they just had
1: their one scene. I know. I wish left. like the scene had like bigger parts in all her music videos.
0: Well, in the Year Without Rain one, they were probably like, "It's hot. Like,
1: let's go home." <laughs> <laughs> and you're singing about a year without rain, and I can't do that anymore. Uh awesome. I think it's a 10 out of 10. Great way to um start the album. All right. No clouds in the sky cuz next song is called A Year Without Rain. Hmm.
2: It's a hit.
1: It's a hit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. I
2: think it's a hit. I I love this song and definitely probably like the most memorable one off the album for me this is what i'm talking about when i say more sensual lyrics like Mm -hmm. right off the bat can you feel me when i think about you i mean yeah Yeah,
0: she's also getting drenched in the rain and a dress in the music video for this
1: yeah i will say the visuals are very more grown up than yeah there are other ones i i thought the song i remember this is probably the most the song i remember the most out of all of these for sure but i was also like remembered it being more epic than i was listening to it if that That's makes fair. sense there was yeah i think this is one of her most famous songs from this from this time but i just remembered it being a little bit more more like i don't know a lot of, so here we go with the slight shade with some of the reviews.
2: <laughs> so Billboard <laughs> no. said that
1: Billboard said that while Gomez did not have the vocal power of Demi Lovato, she, make, she makes a strong effort to attack the high notes as she croons the chorus.
0: Attack the high notes. <laughs> Selena did not wake up at 3 a.m. and get driven out into the desert for two hours to make a video at five for you to say that about her.
1: Um,
2: oh, oh day! That shoot.
1: Ugh. They, they shot it in California. And this music video premiered following the premiere of Camp Rock Two and a sneak peek of Fish hooks.
0: <laughs> Not the Camp Rock Two.
1: So we got some. We got some prime Forever real estate. Tied. We got some prime real estate. It charted lower than Round and Round at number thirty-five, but it peaked at number one in the U.S. Dance Club Songs.
0: <laughs> Not the club songs
1: so Selena Gomez got her got her foot in the door with the club, and we're already I'm already excited for it.
0: she got in this also originated like the Selena Gomez in a long dress that's blowing in a field, like which is a visual that I always think of when I think about her,
1: yeah, I. Yeah, I I think overall I think the song is fine, but after coming from round and round where I was literally like oots, 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 oots. I think like (laughs) like the ooze at the beginning, it caught my attention. I was like, Oh, this is that song. I I think I enjoy does is the thunder in the recording or is it that just in the music video?
2: I think Mm -hmm. it's just in the music video.
1: I kind of would have liked it if they kept the thunder effect in the actual song.
2: Yeah, really Uh. cool. Um, You're right. There's a lot of vocalizing on this whole album in general, but I like those.
1: Oh, yeah. I I assume it's the scene. I know it's not the scene.
2: (laughs) (laughs) An interesting thing about the co-writers, so Toby Gad and... Lindy Robbins, I've talked to her before. She oh. has worked with so many pop artists. And yeah, she's a
0: hit maker.
2: The hit maker. She worked with, uh she well, she co-wrote Cinderella for, not the Cheetah Girls, but go back, you know, all of yeah, the, the original one before them. Yeah, so I talked to her about that. She has a writing credit on Skyscraper. Oh and this song, so she's amazing, and those writers got a personal thanks in the liner notes from <gasps> Selena, which is pretty cool.
1: Oh my word! Well, shout out to them. Yeah, nice. I think I, I think it's a strong song, and I think I uh, it really shows the, like you said, Allison, the more grown up music video, the more yeah. grown up lyrics. And Toby I-
0: Gad also worked on Skyscraper, so they both worked on Skyscraper together, which is really interesting.
1: Do you think they brought up Selena Gomez when they were helping Demi?
0: Oh, because I feel like one of these songs might be about Demi. You do? <laughs> I do.
1: Oh, I think no. it could be.
0: I don't know that it is, but I think that it could be.
1: Okay. We'll see. You have to tell me what the one you think. <laughs> um This is not the last time we will talk about a year without rain. <laughs> and In this track list, y'all know my opinions about remixes closing out Disney albums. (laughs) Just write a new song or don't have, don't require 15 tracks. Anyway, um, shout out to Year Without Rain. I would love to, see, these are, this is the one that I think is so, I could see Selena Gomez putting out a Year Without Rain style song now. Yeah. I think this album in general is more what kind of music she does now. A little techno, a little pop, little whispers here and there. And then we got like a good little Lose You to Love Me, and then Mm 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 Look at it now. Even though Becca hates that song. I do. I can't stand it. <laughs> Allison, what do you think of um, that song? Do you know that song?
2: I do. I think it's if you're trying to get motivated to do some fitness or something. <laughs> oh my god. I I thought it was funny when all of the celebrities started like doing their little Instagram sexy dances to it. That was amusing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like when you become a t uh like a TikTok dance, the song is that's when you make it. And that's what like maybe that's what she's going for now. It was funny. I liked that one. Whatever whatever gets your streams, Selena. Go for it. What
0: if it gets a streams?
1: Okay, so this is unfortunately where the fun oh. ends for me.
0: <laughs> well, in between, not on the North American or the Japanese releases of A Year Without Rain, but everywhere else, Naturally is track three
1: on this album.
2: Oh. I didn't yeah, know. I saw that yeah.
1: as well. It's like a remix of Naturally. Yeah, and, why, and, and, and it's why, and more why, filibuster. Why do we think they put naturally because usually if they do a remix it's at the end of yeah, yeah I mean, why do you think they stuck it like track three in some of other releases
0: i don't know if it was just to be like hey like reminder this is the song that we base this whole album off of essentially i
1: suppose
0: but i don't know like it feels weird to put it there
2: <laughs> i wonder if it's kind of like with hillary duff this happened too where there's just a lot of overlap between the first and second albums because they're so close together uh like when i was working on my piece about metamorphosis and watching her learning to fly dvd it was sort of like you know learning to perform the first songs in the first album and then like She's also at some point working on the music for the second album, and mm-hmm. in the behind the scenes for this album, it's kind of the same thing because all of the stage stuff they're showing is like falling down, and it's songs from the debut while she's working on like the new stuff, I guess. interesting.
1: yeah, you may be right like maybe they're so close together they're kind of like treating we'll take the, our favorites from the first album and putting them here, so you can we can all like kill two birds with one stone. And yeah. I think because naturally is probably the, m- the song out of the first album that fits the most with this style. They were like, well, let's do this one. Yeah. Which like, it's just so funny because like nowadays you would never do a remix and put it on an album because streaming has like totally changed the way. Like do artists even put out like greatest hits albums anymore? Because they can create a greatest hits album on Spotify. Okay. Here we go. Track number three. This is called Rock God. This is Katy Perry's contribution.
0: It was originally intended for one of her earlier albums, but it was scrapped. And Rock Mafia also put their fingers in the pie.
1: Now... This is an
0: interesting song for Selena to take, I think, based on the subject matter. What do you mean? Because the subject matter, like... Lyrically, this song is kind of about like this disconnect between music and religion and like telling off a preacher because you're with a rock star. Yeah. It just, it's very weird to paint that image while you're still on the Disney channel. Like Wizards still had one season left. Her contract was far from up.
1: And she can feel her hips sway into the sweet melody. <laughs> I liked this song though. I will not you tell a lie. See, I just don't I think need- it's it fit with because this... Selena Gomez tried to do the growls and the <laughs> it just didn't fit and and Rock Mafia was involved and we love their stuff We're the... we are rock ma- the Rock Mafia I
0: didn't like the Rock Mafia at the beginning
1: of the song <gasps> though it's yeah. very jarring wait Allison you didn't like it either
2: no I think I, I just never was the biggest fan of this song but I didn't get as a sixteen-year-old, like, oh, that's the producer. I just heard her saying, like, "Rock
1: Mafia." Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. When "Can't I... Be Tamed" came out, I just thought that was something she was saying too. Rock but
2: that one, like,
0: that starts that song, like, yeah. it fits so well Rock there. Mafia. And this one is like, what?
1: It does. Yeah, I think this one was the most clear. The clear, like, I was, like, it did feel the most out of place
0: tee rock mafia They're
1: Like, oh my gosh like that's love what you. it sounds like to me because she says rock mafia and lose you to love uh, not lose you to love me love you like a love song but it's like more faint and like yeah
0: i barely notice
1: yeah because it goes rock mafia <laughs> i miss them i do
0: feel like the vocals are iffy in spots on this song too i hate okay, to say come on bill like,
1: okay billboard review
0: i hate to say it but if demi was given this song it would be a lot different
2: I don't think that there were any backing vocals on this one. I'm checking.
0: I heard Katy Perry did backing vocals for it, but I didn't. They didn't strike my ear. Yeah. If they were in there.
2: You've got a Katy Perry, you are my rock god. Thank you for that. She said that? Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. Wait, Katy Perry is dedicated?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's included
1: in the um, thank yous. Well, 2010 is like that was a teenage that was dream right? Her
0: year. Like, yeah.
1: So, oh, that was a big get for. So Selena to get Gomez yeah to get Katy that. Perry
0: scraps, that was like a five star meal.
1: Wow, imagine if it was a see. They should have given Katy Perry uh, a scrap track of teenage dream to Selena Gomez because Selena Gomez would I think would have done a great with a Scrap Teenage Dream track. Hmm. Silence from all?
2: <laughs> I'm just thinking about it.
1: I don't know. I feel like it's more her style. Yeah. Like the one that got away? Come on, now.
2: I think probably one of the reasons that I wasn't crazy about th- this song, was, like teenage me probably just thought it was too sacrilegious at the time. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: fair. It I is... mean, the, she's, like, saying, like, don't cast the first stone at me. Like, it's kind of crazy what they're running with
1: here. It is, like, Becca, you said it is kind of jarring that this it was happening, like, Rock God. That was not promoted on the channel. We'll just say that. No. You no. know. Um. All right. Well, thank you, Rock God. We are exiting <laughs> Rock God and going into our next track called off the chain which is again produced by rock mafia
0: and featuring one of them
1: really which one
0: james has um he's the one going like off the chain
1: (laughs) i think this song is the most dated lyrically yes like the term oh yeah off the chain
2: it's so cringy (laughs) If it just didn't say, off the chain, it's a beautiful song. A thousand church bells ringing. I can hear the angels singing. It's it's really, it's falling in love for the first time. It's mm-hmm. beautiful.
1: And I I liked how Selena sounds on this album. I like, like you said, Allison, I like it lyrically. I like, I think this is like a good, I think when Selena's kind of like in her like lower register a bit, like mid to low register, that's kind of when she like mm-hmm. soars. Um, But when they go, when you're chanting off the chain and (laughs) pumping your fist in the air.
0: It's interesting that right after a song where she's like, get me away from this church. She comes right back in and is like, oh, a thousand church bells are singing. It's funny that they put those back to back.
2: I do love the part that's like, you love, you love, you love, love. (laughs) My favorite part. (laughs) I don't know, maybe that's my favorite. I, there's a lot of parts I like, but I have to tell y'all, looking from the liner notes, um, there's some interesting backing vocalists on this <gasps> song. So, Wendy Wagner, I was looking her up earlier, and she has been a very successful composer. She has written a song that Britney Spears did a feature on, Jordan Sparks, She has written a lot of Disney television songs, including Bling Bling from Shake It Up.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, What's the other one? Strike One. Illusion (laughs) from Austin and Allie. And some song from Ant Farm. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the other backing vocalist, who also has um, a resume I remember, Brooke Adams, who I guess, I don't know what she goes by now. She sometimes went by Brooke Allison. I have a core memory from Mike's super short show because this woman sang a song from Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. And I remember Allison Stoner bringing her onto the show and going, Brooke Allison. So those are the <laughs> <credited> back <back-and-back> vocalists <laughs> from the insert there.
1: Wow. Imagine oh like your calling card being you sang a song from Cinderella 2. What was the song? Because my sister used to love that movie. All right, let me
2: find the name of this I'm song. Trying,
1: I'm trying to remember the songs. Because she would, we had a portable DVD player in our car, and oh, she would yeah. always like put it on like as we waited for something. I'm trying to remember. If I, I don't know if I remember.
0: God. God, I miss that. We always had the the Shrek two DVD in my portable DVD oh, player yeah. on rotation. But it With had like, a thing where when I put it in, you couldn't skip the anything on the opening menu. So I had the Shark Tail teaser and the Madagascar teaser memorized. Uh,
2: I think she did more than one.
1: Well, Ooh. shout out to... That needs to play in the Disney parks.
2: <laughs> let's, let's, change up to, let's change up the soundtrack
1: to the Disney parks a bit.
0: I love the visual of Allison with the liner notes, to like, checking.
1: I oh, know. Oh, yeah. Been... It's,
0: it's true historian behavior.
1: <laughs> that belongs in a museum.
0: <laughs> oh, don't worry. Lewis and Clark looked at a map, but we looked yes. at the
1: liner so notes if for you, a year. If you, right. if you discover anything in the liner notes, please shout it out. <laughs>
2: okay. I've got, like, one more real zinger coming oh. up. Oh, we can't wait. We Oh, yes.
1: We love yes. zingers.
2: Speaking of zingers, summer's not hot. <laughs> Woo!
1: Oh. I
0: wish it wasn't. It's too hot. Yeah. So some of the, the lyrics. The song is so sweet.
1: Whoa, oh, the summer's not hot without you. I hope I get to see you. Whoa, whoa, oh, the summer won't start without you. <laughs> the temperature is 99 and it can't get much higher. So come on over, Romeo, and vamos a la playa.
0: My favorite lyric that you missed. I can't believe you didn't. <laughs> My favorite lyric was from the bridge. In my heart, it's freezing. I am
1: wearing a bikini. Which is like, if you're on Disney Channel, you're only wearing a one piece. Yep. So, with a cover up.
0: <laughs> in her heart, she's wearing a bikini. She's in her, in her heart, to. she's
1: wearing a bikini. <laughs> Fanny's and Ferb are listening.
2: Hey, what can I say? As I mentioned, this made it onto one of my CDs that I burned for myself. Oh, Really? So clearly, I liked this one. (laughs) But like, why really? Why
1: have a song called "It's Summer" when your album comes out in September?
0: I know. I would have been so mad in the schoolhouse listening to that.
1: (laughs) Right.
2: Releasing Camp Rock two in September and like High School Musical two in what mid to late August.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like school had just started when that movie came out.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, and we're we're all like, okay. I was so mad. Not them having the time of their lives while I'm in homeroom.
0: Because I feel like listening to this song, like this sounds like I just pulled up at like someone's birthday pool party and I have to put my sunscreen on still and I have like an iTunes gift card for them because I don't know them that well and I'm nervous. (laughs) Like it feels like that to me. Like I would have eaten this up if I was that age.
1: Yeah, it's a great. That's why I was so confused by some of the reviews that like this is a more grown up. Selena Gomez. This song certainly is not one of (laughs) those. Is is it? This is for a pool party. Where we're all getting pizza with our towels wrapped around our waist, eating on the chairs.
0: This (laughs) song reminds me of Summertime Guys a lot from the Kim Possible soundtrack.
2: Wasn't that one in Aquamarine also?
1: Yes, it was. Yeah.
2: Good times. I just... I...
1: mm, Summer songs just feel like we have some good summer songs that like when it's like strictly about summer, but I'm, I'm afraid I don't know if I would count this one. Like that. <laughs> I'm like going hard on this album. I'm so sorry. Do you work for Rolling um, Stone? Who are you? I work for Rolling Stone and this is how I say it. <laughs> You're um, writing your pitchfork review as we speak. <laughs> okay. Intuition. Produced by Toby Gad. So and featuring Toby Eric Bellinger.
0: Not a name I know, but a name that has worked with a lot of people I know. Like who? Big time Rush, Justin Bieber, Trey Songs, Sean Kingston. Okay. Seeming like seem to be more in a writing role and like less of a feature, but he also has a ton of like albums, mixtapes, EPs, like this dude has done a lot of stuff. Um, and his feature was quite jarring <laughs> to come out of nowhere on this album. What yeah, a rap I, feature!
1: I had to re-listen. Be like, wait, who is this? I like, I, like, I didn't even like put two and two together that there was a feature. I was like, I don't think we needed to have his name on it. Surprise! Surprise!
0: I said, "Is he part of the scene?" <laughs> One of the members of the scene was just like, "I got it. I'll do it. I would,
1: lo- I would love to rap, please." <laughs>
2: I think maybe my problem with this song is it. I wonder if it just never quite felt like enough of an idea. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna follow my intuition, telling myself to listen. Everything's gonna be okay. It's gonna be a good day. Like I could, I could, you know, hang with it and stuff. But it almost feels like, and.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. I had, like, it gets solved within the first two lines, and you're like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Great.
0: Selena said of the song, "The message is basically every decision that you regret or second guess, just do it anyway." I love that message so much. Hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did we did we love the song so much? Did we like? I like the message, mm-hmm. but I think I'm with you, Allison. That I think there's more to dig in those thoughts.
0: This one was also so auto tune and I was like like laughing at some of it because they really didn't need to do all that.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a lot of... I would say a lot of this album was auto-tune.
0: I mean, but at like, this point, we're living in a post-TikTok by Kesha
1: world, so... But yeah, Goner, like, I think these are the days where y- auto-tune is a part of the song and not, like, they're not trying to hide auto-tune. Yeah. Like, it's like a choice. It's a choice that we're going to digitally alter my voice to make it cool.
0: Hmm. QL.
1: All right. This song was not very QL. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Gone are the days where Selena Gomez was a raw girl in Kiss and Tell. I miss them. Give them back. (laughs) She's not writing hearts on her sneakers. She's not saying her her songs are
0: inspired by Paramore.
1: She traded her sneakers for her dancing boots. She did. And going to the club. And that blowy dress in the desert. Right. <laughs> all right, next track. We ready? I can't wait
2: <laughs> to hear what you think about the next one. All
1: right. Well, Allison, let's let's hear what we have <laughs> to say about spotlight. <laughs> all I can say
2: is we've all got something we don't like. Even Angelina Jolie. Even Angelina Jolie. When
1: she name-checked Angelina Jolie, I said, not this.
2: Even Angelina Jolie.
1: And I know she didn't want to say that, because I know she's a big Friends fan. And I know she's Team Jennifer. (laughs) But, like, Allison, when you listened to... Well, I guess you may have known who Angelina Jolie was when this album came out.
2: Yeah, I knew who she was. I don't remember having any like reaction to that lyric. I think I just thought this song was kind of cheesy, to be honest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is. All right. All right. Come on, Rolling Stone. <laughs> That's a Rolling Stone right there. <laughs>
2: well, the
0: line before the Angelina Jolene line, she says, "I got all uh uh oh on my face. Wish I could press delete." What does that mean? Um, this is also spotlight and um. The prior track, Intuition, are two of the songs that Selena repeatedly said were like her favorite ones from the album, and some of the ones that she specifically wrote to kind of like speak directly to
1: her fans. Yeah, she did dedicate... I I will say, Selena Gomez does love her fans. I remember that specifically, she loves her fans. Like, you know, like they always say that, but I really do think like out of all like the big three, Miley, Demi, and Selena, like Selena loves her fans
0: Miley hates us
1: well <laughs> right the mask has finally slipped <laughs> we yeah. But, <laughs> the wig
0: came off well after she um, was
1: interviewed by a bunch of 10 year olds for breakout I think that who, yeah who can the run? timer the timer was set to when she was not going to talk to us anymore
0: I feel like spotlight walked so who says could run mm. okay because Explained. they're kind of similar songs in the fact that she's like reaching out to her fans and being like, even if you feel like you're ugly, you're not like even if you feel. But who says has says that message in a lot more eloquent way and a lot yeah. more uplifting way? Whereas this is still like trying to be a club beat while she's like, your jeans are too tight and your hair looks bad.
1: <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can feel things as we're shaken in, cl- in the club.
2: The chorus ride in the club. The the chorus is is catchy. Um and this is my other zinger on backing vocals slash did she go right? No, I think it's just backing. Um Nikki Passman Anders was a member of the Christian group Avalon. Okay. For as long as I will live, I will Mm -hmm. testify to love. And she and her husband, Adam Anders, and Pierre Astrom wrote Send It On. <gasps> Isn't that wild? Oh wow,
1: that is crazy.
2: And now they are they've worked on a musical called Journey to Bethlehem coming this year.
1: I hope Send It On is <laughs> It's a Jukebox act- musical. <laughs> is the uh is an act it's it's a journey to Bethlehem, but like Spotlight, send it on is in there.
0: <laughs> I thought you were about to say Nikki Minaj for a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it says Nikki, Hasman Anders, Adam Anders, Pierre astrum They co-wrote the song with Shelly Pekin and Nikki is credited with backing vocals.
1: It always is so crazy what like the people who worked on these things their other accomplishments i know you think you think of them and like oh they just write for the disney kids
2: oh, like, no. oh no this Ooh. person wrote
1: for like all these other people
2: oh yeah nikki is uh, incredibly accomplished it says she sold over 25 million records for musical acts miley cyrus jonas brothers demi Backstreet Boys, Clay Aiken, Cheryl Crow, Billy Crawford, Sinead O'Connor, Ashley Tisdale, Avalon, Room for Two. Oh, her hit singles include Hoedown, Throwdown, (gasps) Ended On, which we know. And on top of all of these and many, many other Disney Channel projects she's worked on, including High School Musical 3 and the Camp Rock movies, apparently, and Starstruck. I love that one. It says at the tender age of 12, Nikki left her native rural town of Waverly, Iowa to train as a gymnast for the U.S. Olympic gymnastic team.
0: What the? Some people have all the luck.
2: But she said that <laughs> decided to forego it to move to Nashville to pursue a musical career.
1: Huh. And on top of everything, I'm also, I just Googled them as well, and they were the main producers of all the songs on Glee. <gasps> So the Gleeks have entered the chat.
0: (laughs) They always do. They can't stay away.
1: They can't stay away. Love them. Love them. All right. Next track. Yes. All right. This one is called Ghost of You.
2: Hmm.
0: This was a welcome break from the past couple of like auto-tuney club beat songs that came before it. It's a nice like, it's a slow jam. It's just her voice. Like It just kind of. Got to pause and feel, feel like I could breathe for a minute.
1: Yeah, it definitely, I think, was the moment. Where we're like, okay, guys, we had our fun. We had our dancing beats. Let's kind of let's. It's funny because I don't think, I think this is probably the closest of a ballad we'll get on this album. Yeah. Because, like you said, Selena's main goal with this album was to get everyone up on their feet and dance. But you have to have a ballad. You have to have a sad song, right? Yeah, of course. Allison, was this one of your standouts?
2: You're right. I do like that it is different. I don't think that me or the crowd that would have been listening to this could necessarily totally grasp. Like, I don't think I'll ever break through the ghost of you. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe after that breakup at Starbucks, I could.
1: (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, cast your mind at you at Starbucks.
2: (laughs) You know, this is just now sort of forming in my brain, but I think if you take this one, Ghost of You, and Off the Chain, they're kind of complementary of each other because Off the Mm -hmm. Chain is sort of a more, like, it's still dancy but ethereal, falling in love. Yeah. Ghost of You is the total opposite, but it still kind of has that haunting quality in the music and the instrumentation.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know if you, this is just me asking the group, but how do you think people put their songs in order?
0: I feel like sometimes people go for story, like a plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like It seems like I know every album is different. It's always its own thing. But I mean, I know she said that, that was something she thought very intentionally about with this one.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just asking, just based off Allison's comment about I think Off the Chain and Ghost of You would kind of be cool a little bit more closer together. Yeah. Because there are definitely some albums where there's definitely a through line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are definitely albums that are just like, we're just going to put them in different orders.
0: This this order kind of just feels like, I had three fast songs in a row, so let's take a chill song.
1: Yeah.
2: Idols-wise, and- I probably wouldn't have chosen to do Ghost of you and then sick of kid- you.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I had that thought too. I thought that was so weird that those were right next to each other. Yeah,
0: and then they kind of like don't have anything to do with each other either. I mean, they could, but
1: <laughs> we we're, we'll decide they they don't. I I have a theory that they don't have anything to do with each other.
2: Uh...
0: <laughs> well, this one is more breakup, and the other one was giving more like, "Bitch,
1: I hate."
2: So if All right. had- they were flipped in order.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dang, where Where were we in the in the board meetings? We would have had in class. better... In class. <laughs> At Starbucks.
2: You should have been in the focus group, dang it.
1: Right, come on, we're the audience. <laughs> All right, Becca, I'm assuming the next track, Sick of You, you think has a little Demi Lovato...
0: I think it could. I'm not going to say like definitively, but I feel like around the time, like this album came out, like nine months after Ask Taylor. Oh. And since we're coming off of Month of Fright's Feuds, I think that maybe that could have inspired it a little bit.
1: Do you have any lyrical proof that you would like to bring to the table? Sick of your little Uh, lines.
0: I mean, I think it was just like that the vibe of the track was giving friend breakup to me, which is why I thought that, like, uh, I will wave goodbye when you say hello. I just don't care who was wrong or right. I'm sick of the rumors and the alibis. You tear me up, I'll cut you down inside. Yeah, I get your game. It's so see through. You know I'm way too good for you. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's to say? I, I will. It's
1: funny. Not really funny, but it's just a funny antidote that Selena Gomez. I think out of everyone has been very transparent and being like, I'm new to singing and new to performing, so I want yeah. people to help me out. Because uh, she said that in this one and this album and the album before. And so that's why I don't think she's written, like, it's just now in her solo career where she started writing and being comfortable with it. And I think sometimes when she's singing songs, they don't sound like they come from her perspective. Like, yeah, I didn't this, this also
0: could totally not be anything, but I just, no, that was no, just my thought when
1: I heard it. What I'm saying is, I think this is one of the songs that. Oh, if you told me Selena Gomez may have, like, written a line or two, I would have believed you.
0: Did you see who worked on this? Who produced? No.
1: Reveal. Matt, Reveal. Matt
0: Squire. Um, So it was interesting that they were trying to get away from, like, the scene sound on that because he worked with 303, All Time Low, Panic at the Disco, Plain White Tees, Boys Like Girls. Like, he produced Panic at the Disco's whole first album and Boys Like Girls' whole first album as well. So, thank you, Matt Squire. Kisses from me
1: for those contributions. But you can take the girl out of the raw, but you can't take the raw out of the girl. Never. You know?
0: (laughs) True for Selena Gomez and myself.
2: (laughs) I'm looking at these backing vocalists and Chelsea Davis. I don't know quite as much about her resume. She looks accomplished if this is the same person. But. I believe this is the right, Kara Britz. Uh, I think she's like been a, va- a backing vocalist on The Voice. She's worked with a lot of famous acts. And this is Disney Channel adjacent. By age 19, mm-hmm. Britz had spent six months at Musicians Institute and had an audition that landed her position in Lindsay Lohan's band. However, oh. Lohan's band performed infrequently, and she began working as an assistant to Cara Dioguardi Accomplished songwriter, as we know. Yes. The personality. Through Diaguardi, Brits sang on albums for Hilary Duff and Selena Gomez. She know. was also the lead for Six Figures and Original Rock Band. So, very interesting. interesting. There's something like what connections between these people.
1: And do you know how old this person was when she was doing the backup vocals?
2: Well, if she was 19 when she got a spot in Lindsay Lohan's band, then she had oh, to then have, she what early early 20s
1: 20s, right so if you were like a 20 in your 20s and doing backup vocals for like a 16 year old how would y'all feel about that i
2: don't know we've always thought about
0: that with like miley's uh dancers and and vocalists like in the best of both worlds concert movie the background singers look like they're just looking at each other like they're saying so much with their eyes
1: they're just kind of like who is this girl who's bouncing off the walls (laughs) <laughs> we have taxes we have tax day coming up oh my god I'm, i've always like thought that if like people who are in bands i mean i guess work is work you're still doing what you love you still yeah. performing i feel like i may be i mean i don't think they would they wouldn't say no but i feel like if they really didn't want to perform behind a 15 year old they wouldn't you know what i mean especially if that person is selena gomez yeah it's crazy so. that
0: the like the pedigree that these behind the scenes people all have.
1: Well, I think that's why these albums and these songs kind of stand the test because you have actual people who know their stuff and it's just kind of their early work. It's like seeing an Academy Award winning actor as classmate number one on a 90s sitcom. <laughs> you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I also noticed that there are way more credits printed than you sometimes see. the final sleeve so i i don't know i'm just spitballing here i wonder if any of that was selena just really wanting to give people credit who she worked with i would like to think so i think that that's like in her character you know
1: yeah oh yeah and kind of like what you said that selena gomez name dropped Katy perry in the dedication i don't think she had to i think seeing in the Like Katy Perry is obviously a massive star at that point. So there's no need for her to do that. But I think Allison and your point is, I think she just wants to give credit where credit is due. And going back to when even her first album, she did not make it a mystery that she did not have it. These were not her original song ideas. She's like, I want my album to be good. So I will, I want people to come on and I did not write this, but I love singing it and we're going to go for it. Which I think is very honorable, I will say. yeah, Because when you're 16, you're like, yeah, I did all this.
2: Well, and y'all have already pointed out how how she talked about and behind the scenes really wanting her fans to relate to these songs. I think at one point she also mentioned just her personally having a little bit more confidence Mm -hmm. this time around while she was working on this, which is good. Like, it's good to know that she felt that and had that sense as she, like, moved forward in her music career.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think... I think more more of the dancing songs, you can, like, see that um, with a lot, like, round and round, you can definitely tell she's more confident. Yeah. Year Without Rain, definitely more confident in that music video. It's kind of cool seeing all these stars, like, grow up and, like, do their music videos. P- pretty cliche thing to say, but our girls growing up, maybe maybe their views were right. <laughs> maybe their views are changing my mind as we go through them.
0: Oh, Lord.
1: All right, next one is "Live Like There's No Tomorrow," which apparently is from the movie Ramona and Beezus. As double well.
2: dipping,
0: double dipping! Disney can't resist.
1: We love cross promotion.
0: I never saw that
2: movie. <laughs> oh, oh, we totally did. Well, again, my like my little sister was so much younger and. I read the Ramona books growing up, but I was listening to the album in the car with my mom today, and I had you guys like in my head, I'm like, oh, that's the song from the movie. They're going to throw <laughs> it in on that soundtrack.
1: <laughs> I like, but it was funny. This is probably a deep cut. So n- n- y'all may not know what I'm referring to, but it reminded me of y'all know this movie, Bridget Terabithia, with Anna Sophia Robb and Josh Hutcherson? Yeah. You know the song that Anna Sophia Robb sang for that movie? How does it go? It's like, keep your eyes wide open. That's what this reminded me of.
2: Okay. I need to watch that movie.
1: It just, like, is very, like, because if you know, spoilers for Bridget Herobithia. If you know what happens at the end, you know why Anna Sophia Robb is singing that movie. Is singing that song in the movie. I feel like everybody Um, knows at this point. (laughs) Well, no. Back in the day, I remember there was, like, a big petition. At Disney for not putting a disclaimer in the movie that Anna Sophia Rob spoiler that Anna Sophia Rob's character dies at the end. Is that crazy? I
0: I knew about that before the movie even came out because I had a friend that was a fan of the book and I was at her house one day and she was just like, and
1: I was like, Oh, see, Girl! I didn't. I didn't read the book. Um, I'll I never see... read it,
0: but I knew people that did.
2: What and... is your
1: history with Bridget Yes, since we're on this subject, it's a Disney property. It's Disney property. It counts. <laughs>
2: I was in a book club in fourth grade, and I think we read this, and I don't think I finished it. I, I wonder if that was because it was so sad, but hey, if, if it's literature, when it comes to the movie, anything's fair game. Yeah. You have to give a warning. Just read the book, people.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. also been but... out for,
2: like, how many years? Like, yeah, a but while? I,
1: I just remember at the time, because I saw it in theaters, and I was shocked. I didn't see, I didn't read it, the book obviously
2: all this from um, a, because of Winn-Dixie queen
1: right I said
2: oh, now because movie
1: of when, because of Winn-Dixie I did read
0: my first so, brush with Anna Sophia Robb is because she was the very first American girl doll in the very first American girl doll movie right she was uh Samantha oh uh,
2: yes
1: and I just remember her and Willy Wonka any other oh she standout ate Anna in so- Willy Wonka <laughs> the gum
0: Stop!
1: But don't Well, right. she was
0: Soul Surfer too, wasn't she?
1: The Shark.
0: <laughs> the Shark.
1: Um, yeah, she was Soul Surfer. Right. She yeah, was. Uh, yeah. With, with uh, Carrie
0: Underwood? She was on an episode of Drake and Josh in the same year that she was cast as Samantha Parkington.
1: But she wasn't in Ramona and Bezas, which is where Selena Gomez is in, <laughs> which is where this song is from. Um, I. I like. I didn't mind the song. It's it's
0: just kind of the same inspirational mumbo jumbo. I it really made me mad because it ended on a fade out, and I hate when albums like end on a fade out. Like, me, that's such a
1: cop out. Me too. I'm like, finish the song. You're gonna have to finish the song live.
0: Yeah. A little too long. It's four minutes. Like <laughs> there is well, no Disney girl song that needs to be four minutes. I'm that's sorry. That's because it's, it's playing.
1: in the- it's playing in the credits, so they have to make it. <laughs> as Drag long it out. as, because is it? it's Joey King is Ramona? It's Joey King, or is that which one's Beezus?
0: It's Joey King. Selena? Beezus is the older sister. That's Selena. It's
1: so Selena. Okay.
0: And
2: Joey, Joey King, you know from uh, Den Brother. Mm, yes. There was Henry.
1: Yes, I remember this like being like a big deal because Selena Gomez is like her first like big movie. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a part of Disney. I remember that being a big deal.
0: Side note, I said that this album came out, like, going into the final season of Wizards. And there was a behind-the-scenes interview that you sent me, Hunter. And I feel like every mm-hmm. interview she had had to have been at, like, 5 in the morning. Because she seems so her, tired. Her voice it, is every so, single like, one of them hey. <laughs> That's good. <cool laughs> but they're, like, isn't it so, like, it's so sad that you're about to go into your final season of your show. And she's, like, oh, yeah, it's heartbreaking that Wizards is ending. <laughs> 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 she did not seem like she meant it, but she also just seemed like she really needed a pillow under her head. She... Aww.
2: I want to say it must have been in the extended behind-the-scenes thing from the DVD. There was a point where they're all talking about her schedule, and I don't remember the specifics, but it reminded me of when Miley recently, for her whole Used to Be Young series, looked at it like an old schedule of hers. Just how from sunup to sundown, so many interviews... On oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I like. I just think of like, like yeah, like what you said when Miley was doing that and Selena and all them. I was like, I was tired by third period in high school. I can't imagine being up at six a.m. literally until eight, talking to so many people, having to. So, props to Selena for answering the question with like, the her, the, her voice being in shambles. Be like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> She said it's literally five in the morning. It's five in the morning. So technically, this is the last original song from this album. And then we we end it with a remix of Round and Round, A Year Without Rain, and then a Spanish version of A Year Without Rain. I think that one is a nice touch. I, yeah. Because it's different. hmm You know? I, because, like, didn't see these albums have themes. Because Miley's second album had a remix of See You Again at the end. Demi's second album had the Tinkerbell soundtrack hooked on at the end. And now we and have- And this promoted. has a
0: soundtrack and a remix.
1: So, because Selena Gomez will, will play by the rules. She She's was like, also, yeah,
0: she was working hard. She's she was like, working Throw hard. on there. I don't care.
1: Does anyone... Are there any thoughts on the last three?
0: The round and round remix kind of sounded like um, Voulez-vous to me at the beginning. Like (laughs) like Mamma Mia? Yeah, there was like a... that I was like, oh. But I I think it's just like a Rock Mafia one. Um, The Year Without Rain one didn't strike me as anything special either. Yeah,
2: I agree with Becca. I think there's maybe a few too many remixes especially if the last song before the remixes is going to be from the Ramona and Beezus movie
0: yeah and in some countries you already have the naturally remix
2: on your
1: anyway and again why not switch the Spanish version and then end it with the two remixes because now you have the Spanish version buried between the two remixes I know and people are going to be like oh it's over I remember that being like a cool, a cool thing because it would play the, because I think she did a music video for the Spanish version as well. Oh, cool! I think I think it was like the same music video, but she just did the Spanish version. So, the scene was the scene where there again in the car. (laughs) Um. So that's Selena Gomez and the scenes. A year without rain. We broke it all down and we went track by track. Now, have our opinions changed? What are our thoughts? Was it better the second time around almost thir- about thirteen years later? Allison, we'll start with you since you have such a i think out of all three of us you you listened to this album back in the day it's a yeah. perspective
2: I don't think that anything will top the experience of listening to it when I was a teenager, but it does feel good to revisit these songs and I really like knowing a little bit more about how accomplished all the people who worked with her were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I still love pretty much the same ones that I loved back then, I would say. Except that Off the Chain is even more cringy now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Off the Chain! You know, like, you're taking a chance. I always say that, like, I hate when songs are like, call me on my sidekick. And, like, when it's like dated stuff like that, I'm like, you're taking yeah. a chance. Either just going to come back around and be like, so bad it's good, or like off the chain. We're just like, okay.
0: I'm gonna hire someone to scream off the chain while I'm saying my wedding vows. Oh,
1: oh. let <laughs> me <we> do that. <laughs> All right, Becca, what do you think?
0: Um, I think if I had heard this around like the middle school, high school age, I probably would have gobbled it up. Um, but as, like, more of a scene kid and less of a dance pop person anyway, I definitely prefer Kiss and Tell to this, although there are a couple songs that I did really like. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, in a sense, like, it might not be the most mature album ever, but it was a step forward for Selena Gomez in her career, and it's yeah. interesting to take a look at it through
1: through that lens. I think my biggest takeaway from this album was, oh, this is... Selena Gomez is finding her style, her music style, um, because I think going forward, Miley, and talking about the big three, Miley, Demi, and Selena, I mean, when you talk about the music at this time, you cannot talk about, like, three of them. And I think out of all of... I think um, Selena really kind of stuck true to her style and what she liked, because then you have... Uh, love you like a love song. You have all these kind of dancing beats, and then Demi and Miley both have said they've strayed a- away from like the style they usually like, which is more guitar rock and did the dance thing. And now they're back to kind of where they started. Um, so it's kind of cool seeing like, oh, this is kind of where dance, um, Selena Gomez started, which yeah. I thought was really fun. Okay. So. Allison, have you or do you remember? Because now this is we discussing the big three. We have now discussed on the podcast Miley, Demi, and Selena's sophomore albums. So, um, it's fresh in Beck and I's minds because we covered them kind of recently. But from your memory and from like the standout tracks, like from Miley, we have like "Fly on the Wall" and Seven Things," and then Demi's "Here You Go Again." don't forget. And then Selena, what do you feel about like all these sophomore albums?
2: I wasn't listening to Miley's sophomore album. I didn't own that one as much as like I I owned the Meet Miley Cyrus and mm-hmm. Montana 2. So I definitely was more familiar with that one. Um, Demi, honestly, it's really been more in the last couple of years that i've gotten much more into demi's rock roots and yeah enjoyed listening to that stuff more so i i guess maybe this is a sign that selena gomez's style was a little bit more in line like with my personality at the time out of all of them maybe i just felt some sort of special connection to her i don't know Those yeah are a montana fan it's not like i wasn't a fan of the others but this album, this, the song, Love You Like a Love Song, I loved that. Yeah, something just clicked with this music.
1: Yeah, and we have to remember, like, the date is 2010. So in the Disney Channel lore, this is where we're talking about the big three. This is when Camping Tames is just around the corner. Tim Lovato, has, I think, has is, is about, about to exit Sunny with a Chance. Well, Camp Rock too. so this is, like, around this time. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, So this was also the time that Miley was beginning to sort of sour in the public favor. So it makes more sense that maybe somebody like Selita Gomez, who is very likable and kind of always has been, would like pull to people more. But I will say that Seven Things, I think, will clear every single one from any of those other albums, like Out of the Park.
1: (laughs) But hey, if I heard Round and Round and Mashup of Round and Round and Seven Things... You would have to <laughs> grab me from the dance floor because I'm not leaving until you'd
0: have to be sedated. I, I,
1: yeah, I would have to. You're like, you can take me off. I, who doesn't like, like you said, who doesn't like Selena Gomez?
2: Yeah, you can't. I I guess I would also add. I was always going to gravitate toward the good girl, the perceived good girl at that time. Obviously, like we know now, there's way more to it than that. But <clears throat> at the beginning of these thank yous special thanks to my lord and savior jesus christ like oh of course, of course. Yes. I was oh, with... oh
1: yeah. yeah but i do remember my sister was a big jones brother fan, and in the liner notes they had that as well and my mom was like i love them so yeah you know like if parents are reading that they're like okay she's you know even though she did say a two-piece in her song and <gasps> if you're if you know anything about Disney Channel, those didn't exist. So I don't know what. So that that was, that. you know, Miley was a bird <laughs> getting released from a cage. Selena said, well, I'm going really to...
0: Miley wasn't person. even in a two-piece in that video. <laughs> it still <laughs> raised hell. <laughs> uh,
1: I love it. I love it. So any closing thoughts about this album or just Selena Gomez in the scene? at the time
0: I think it's interesting looking at the album journey from the first one to here and then maybe going into the third one like the third one seems to be more of a settling into Mm -hmm. a sound whereas these first two are like complete 180s from each other it is
1: like even the covers are like yeah you can see her whole (laughs) face this time yeah I think (laughs) this was definitely like oh naturally was a hit let's change let's change courses here yeah
0: so it's just it's a very interesting journey to to follow yeah
1: and Alison, how was it revisiting it all these years later and talking about it with two people who, who don't really like have that memory of the rest of these songs
2: I I was excited to hear y'all's thoughts on it and I think that all of our various ideas and research turned into this beautiful mosaic where I just feel like I have a much richer understanding of the album now and it makes me feel better that y'all didn't know this one because there are others from our big three group that I don't know like all of the songs too so it's kind of cool how we can like in this nostalgia community put the pieces together of like well I really like this one and I like this one and we can kind of like complete the story a little bit more all these years later
1: yeah yeah, that's the cool thing about it. like we all have this shared experience of seeing Selena Gomez on the TV singing A Year Without Rain but what that means to us and what we associate with that memory because to me that was oh it's time to get my snack because <laughs> you know but for other people that's like, oh, I'm seated. I have to watch the music video. Which is so cool. But like we still like have the visceral reaction of, oh god, that was on in between shows. Yeah. Nostalgia. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> but we love it. All right. Well, Allison, if you know anything about the timeout sheen, before we officially wrap up, we have to know what is our Disney Channel lesson in Allison. You'll start us off with what is the Disney Channel lesson we learned today?
2: Sometimes love is off the chain. Sometimes I'm sick of you. And then maybe there will just be the ghost of you where our love once was. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Maybe, there, maybe there was a through line in this album after all.
2: <laughs> we just had to jump around a little
0: bit together.
1: <laughs> all right, Becca, what's the Disney Channel lesson we learned today?
0: My Disney Channel lesson is, if you want to get ahead in the music industry, surround yourself with people who know what they are doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it will <laughs> it'll get you places to have Katy Perry <laughs> feed you her table scraps. That's a good one. I think my Disney Channel lesson is, if you know something works for you, stick with that. And I think you'll have success going forward. Allah, naturally. It, it it just comes naturally. All right, Allison, this was so much fun having you on here. Yeah, uh, I hope you had a blast because we had a blast. Um, But Allison is amazing. Y'all should follow her every move. Not in like a weird way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, uh, but Allison, tell the people where they can find you on all, on all your socials. Plug. Plug a rugger sometime.
2: I will. I'm most active usually on Instagram at Foot Forward and that is also my handle on TikTok I've just started a TikTok still learning the ropes and Twitter I am at a McLean Merrill so come find me and talk to me about Disney Channel because you just never know what album you picked up at Target that's going to shape the rest of your life 13 and, years ago so that true. is like <laughs> that is so true
1: and Allison like writes and she's been she interviews great people and writes great stuff so y'all should like check out all her stuff um awesome allison again it was so great uh getting um to talk about selena gomez in the scene especially an album that was so near and dear to your heart so we always love like when people are have like some like visceral memories and like come back and we all talk about it and we debrief and thank you so much for taking the time and celebrating our little podcast anniversary. Of
2: course, it thank is. you so much for thinking of me for your third oh, anniversary.
1: Of course, of course. Uh, so Allison, until next time, uh, thank you so much, and you're welcome anytime. Thank you so much again to Allison for coming on the pod.
0: Um, she has listened for a while, we've had the best time uh, getting to know her over the time that she's been interacting with us, and it was so fun to finally have her on an episode um love the beautiful like that gorgeous comment about like the mosaic of of nostalgia and that's how you know you got a writer on the show but oh yeah I was that like, I was I so much fun. fun
1: but before we it's our it's all our time for a little plug so uh becca people want to see how you deal with a year without rain where can they <laughs> find you
0: you can find me uh, struggling to find a drop of water in the year without rain on Instagram and Twitter at Heyo, It's Becca, Becca's Records on TikTok, Becca Stockner on YouTube, or you can check out my other podcast, Youth Group Survivor Support Group, which is YGSSG Podcast on the social media.
1: And if you want to keep up to date on me, um, I'm at Real Hunter Martin on Instagram, H. Karen Martin on Twitter. Most importantly, if you want to keep up to date about anything and everything on this podcast, you can... Just type in all the social medias. Just type in the Time stream podcast. You'll find us there. Uh, rate and review us. If you want to give us a little special three-year shout-out, we love that on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a review, we will read it on air. And show the love right back to you. Rate us by spars, five spars um, or stars, whatever works, um, on Spotify. You're ever so kind. Um, and talk to us on all the social medias. We're everywhere. DM us. Uh, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you don't want to hear because we want everyone to have so much fun listening to this as we have making it three years later.
0: Three years later. It's still so much fun. Um, And we will be right back at you guys with something fun next week. But until then, we will see you later, time traveler. I
1: always buckle your seatbelts.